the Jesus and Joe podcast. My name is Georgia, and I am so excited that you are here. Through this podcast, I want to be able to encourage you, to hype you up, and to get you excited on God's truth. I can't wait to just have these precious moments with you. So, girlfriend, I don't think you're ready for this one, but let's get started. Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the Christmas episode of the Jesus and Joe podcast. As you may know, um, right now I'm kind of doing like this 12 Days of Christmas devotional series on my uh, email list and on Instagram and TikTok, and it is so cool how you guys have responded to it so far. Just like, I think it's so cool that you guys get so excited as I do over learning how cool God is with every single detail that he has in this story that we have read about for years. I think, you know, whenever you get older, it's like, I don't know. Whenever I was a Christian or when I first started out being a Christian, I thought, okay, like I know I know everything I need to know. But y'all, whenever you get to know Jesus, just it gets sweeter and better every single year of your life. So I'm excited to know you are here today. We are going to actually talk about 10 different lessons God teaches us in the Christmas story. This has taken a lot of research, a lot of time, but I have so enjoyed doing this and I can't wait to share it with you guys. Before we get started, let's go over a couple more ground rules because I think I need to remind you, I have merch. And because I love you on the Jesus and Joe podcast and you are hanging out with me today, I have a discount code for you. I do. And it is podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and you will get some money off of your order. Go to jjessentials.org. Second thing, if you are not already, follow me on Instagram. I would love to see your beautiful face. Let's be friends. Let's hang out. And this is actually the best way to get in contact with me is through my DMs. So please go ahead, follow me on the Jason Joe Instagram or even my personal one at Georgia Guest. Oh, and last but not least, I just want to say thank you again for loving on the Besties with Jesus devotional. We actually celebrated um, her first birthday. Yeah, Besties with Jesus is a her in my mind, but we celebrated her birthday and I went all out for it. It was super fun. If you haven't seen it, go look at the Instagram pics, but we had a great time. I had some of my friends over. We had a birthday cake. It was a whole little thing, but we have just celebrated 700 copies sold, which is crazy for a self-published author. So thank you so much. We are praising Jesus for it because all the glory goes to him, y'all. All of it. So I think that wraps up all of my little announcements. So without further ado, let's get into these lessons. Okay, so let's talk about the Christmas story. If you are new to the faith, if you have never heard the Christmas story before, if you've heard it a thousand times, so let's take it all the way back to the basics. We are going to talk about the Christmas story, but in a more modernized way so you can understand if this story was happening right now in this day and age, what would it look like? I think a lot of us, we don't realize the actual intensity, the intentionality God has with every single detail that God talks about within this story. And so we're going to kind of go through it. I'm going to share with you the Christmas story from the Jesus and Joe perspective, just the way that she would describe it to one of her friends. And I'm going to describe it to you right now. So here we go. The Christmas story by Georgia. 
it all started with these two wonderful low status individuals. We have the beautiful Mary, who's about 15 years old, and we have Joseph. Now, Mary and Joseph at this point were engaged, but you had to be pure until, you know, your wedding night. That was what was expected. And so uh, whenever Mary got the news from Gabriel that she was having a baby, that was kind of like, wait, hold on. Like, how is this happening? And that was Mary's first question to the angel was, how does this happen? I'm going to place a child inside of you and you will have my son, Jesus, and you will call him just that. And without any hesitation, without any worry, Mary said, okay. How crazy is that? So cool. Okay, so then she goes and tells her sister Elizabeth, who is having John, who is an awesome book of the Bible. He is literally an all-star. Y'all should totally go read about him. Anyways, John and Jesus, they're cousins. How cool is that? So cool. So then she tells Joseph, and Joseph is like, wait, what? And y'all, he was actually like thinking of like secretly divorcing her because if the town found out that she was pregnant, I mean, that's like not okay. So he was actually thinking about it. But what's so stinking cool about our God is that he knows every single thought that's on our mind before even becomes one. So when Joseph went to bed that night, um, an angel came to Joseph and told him in a dream not to divorce Mary because this was the son of God. Like this is something God has orchestrated and it's going to be okay. So Joseph woke up from the dream, was all head honcho about, and he's like, yes, let's do this. So now um, Caesar Augustus, he, during that time, had a decree that everybody had to go back to their hometown. So that's like us going back to our roots, basically, where you were born. So for me, I was born in Nashville, so I would have to be traveling all the way from Orlando to Nashville to go get, quote, registered. This was just kind of their way to keep track of everybody. So Joseph and Mary are making their way all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And I love how we do not include that that sucker is a 90 miles in route. And y'all, we're not riding cars. We're not riding trains. We're not riding airplanes. We are on a donkey. Now, a donkey is a super common animal that a lot of people would ride in. And it's not confirmed in the Bible if it actually was a donkey. But we assume it is one because that's what everyone rode. But let's just say this, um, a king shouldn't be riding on a donkey. So could you imagine, like, I just think about this. I like nerd out about this kind of stuff. But if Mary and Joseph were on the donkey and the people around them didn't know that the son of God was in Mary's little tummy, could you imagine? Could you imagine? So they make their way into Bethlehem. And at this point, Mary is about to pop. Like nine months, I'm about to push. Like I need to get somewhere to stay now. And I could only imagine how Mary was feeling. So they go to all the inns. They're like, hey, like I really need a place to stay. But since everybody and their mother is getting registered at this point, everyone's booked. So there's no room. So it's constant. No, no, no. And then they finally find a little stable. And that is where Jesus is born. Now, if you have a sweet little baby or you have a mama or anybody, but I think everybody understands if you are a girl that if you were told, no, you can't have your baby in this hospital. No, you can't have your baby right here. You would be freaking out. I would be freaking out. Oh, mm -mm, no, 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 no. So then she has her sweet little baby in the, um, in like this barn area and of course like you were surrounded by livestock the manger was a trough that people would that um that animals would eat out of and so it is so 
cool that God had provided every single step of the way, how they, Joseph and Mary were chosen by God because they knew, because he knew that these two had such great faith and they knew that God was going to take care of them because they were caring and going to be taking care of his son here on earth. Then the angels went to the shepherds first. The shepherds were the first people that found out that Jesus was born. They left all their sheep behind, which is like completely like a no-no. But they were so excited to hear that the Savior was born. So they ran to the barn to go see Jesus. Then there were wise men, right? And so Caesar Augustus, he actually heard the news that a Savior was born. So he sent these wise men to go give this man gifts or go give Jesus gifts. And Caesar was like, whenever you see Jesus, come back and tell me. Okay. So the wise men are on their merry way to go see Jesus. And y'all, it was a three-year journey. Mm -hmm. It was not that night. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. But like, it is a far distance to get from all the way where they were to all the way to Bethlehem. Like, that's crazy. But what helped them along the way was they were following a star. God placed a star in the sky, and so they were able to follow that all the days. And it was like a big old star, too. There's a lot of history stuff about that. But they followed the star all the way to Jesus, and that is where they found him, like, at three years old. Um, and they presented the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so then Jesus grew up in his um, as a carpenter. As 30, he started his public ministry, and then that's the end of the story, basically. How cool is that? That is the Christmas story. I hope it makes sense, but I love that story. I think it is so cool. But now we're going to take that story and I'm going to share with you 10 different lessons from the 10 different pieces that you put up whenever you look at the nativity. I know all your mamas and daddies have nativity somewhere in their house. If not, that's okay. I had this nativity growing up and it was the Fisher Price little people. Does anyone understand? Okay. Anyways, I loved that nativity set and I looked forward to it every year that my mom brought it out from the attic. And there was your wise men, there was your shepherds, your donkey, Mary, Joseph, Jesus in this pretty little haystack um, in a little barn with the Gabriel on top. Like it was so stinking cute. I wanted to take each of those characteristics and each of those characters or things or animals and find a lesson that God was trying to teach us within that. So let's start with none other than our girl, Mary. Mary. I think, honestly, she was the first woman that I read about that I was like, huh, if you really do give your yes to Jesus, he could take you much further than your dreams ever could. The lesson is is saying yes to Jesus is the first step of obedience to a journey of a lifetime. Mary isn't really talked about much in the beginning of... um, She wasn't talked about much until she was introduced as the mother of Jesus, but she was really young. She was like 13 or 15. She was 15 years old. And so I can only imagine what my dreams were at 15 years old and how they were so small to where I see myself now and where God is taking me. And I think we can all say that about each other as well as like we had these little dreams but god was like no like if you follow me i will take you so much further than what your biggest dream is when you say yes to jesus and follow him and surrender everything it's the best decision you will ever make if mary said no to god where would we be today 
I think God sees so much potential in you and he knows your answer too. When he places his purpose and calling inside of you, he already knows what your answer is going to be. He knew Mary was going to say yes because she had that great of faith. I want us, I want to challenge each of us to be like Mary. Let's say yes without any hesitations or doubts or confusions and be brave. If God is calling you to do something, go for it. I feel like so many of us, we stick to our fear and we think about things and we worry. We're like, what if, what is this? I don't know. Instead of questioning, trust God, hold his hand and go after it. That's what Mary had to do. That's what she's still doing. I mean, like, that's just so cool to think that God really did that. Know who you're giving your yes to. Remember who you're giving your yes to. You're giving it to the God who sees you, who loves you more than you could ever imagine and wants to protect you in any way he can. You are loved by him. Give him your yes. The second thing, y'all, I wrote a devotional on this donkey, okay? The sweet little donkey. And the lesson is, is what some overlook, God can use for greatness. You see how I told you in the story before that a lot of donkeys, it was just a common animal. No one really was like, oh, a king's riding it. No, they they looked at that donkey and were like, eh, everyone has it. They're like everybody, it's okay. I think even in this day and world, we overlook a lot of people. We overlook them because of their um, their status, their following, if they're cool, if they're not cool, if they're unique or not. Like, goodness gracious. I just think that God can use anyone, anything that seems, quote, ordinary, common, doesn't look cool. And I feel like so many of us, we tell that to ourselves that God can't use us because we don't have blank. You fill it in. Whatever I, Whatever you've just thought of when I said blank, it's a lie. It's a lie. If it's something of a mistake you've made in the past, if it's because of a social media following, if it's anything like that, no, 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 no. All of those things, the mistakes, it's in the past, girlfriend. It is in the past. And guess who forgives the past? God. And he can still use your past mistakes for something even greater. Just you watch. Social media following, girl, those numbers can go away in an instant. An instant. So, don't you worry. God does not care about how many followers you have. He cares about your heart. He cares about your passion. He cares about what he, what you want to do with him. Never overlook anybody. Never overlook or look at yourself and say, I'm not enough. God can use you for extraordinary things. Just like he did with the little donkey. The sweet little donkey. Number three. The wise men. (laughs) Okay, what do the wise men teach us? What do they teach us? What is worth seeking is worth finding. That needs to be on a t-shirt, y'all. What is worth seeking is worth finding. I think there's so many sweet little desires on our heart. Whether they're dreams, and on the Jason Joe podcast, we talk about dreams all the time, but I think those sweet little desires on your heart, instead of just letting them sit there, it's worth finding. If you desire a beautiful and a strong relationship with Jesus, instead of just saying it to yourself, saying, I want it, Lord, let me have it. No, go and work for it. 
Jesus is putting in all his effort in with you. It's time to give him all your effort. If you are wanting your dream to become a reality, go and work for it. I think so many of us, we think that when we just say our sweet little prayers that God's just going to put it right in our lap. No, my friend, there's work that comes with it. There's faith. And just like these wise men, they knew that Jesus was worth finding. So they traveled, and like I said, they traveled a long time. And Lord knows if it was through rivers and deserts and winter storms, we don't know. But they were like, no, we have to see Jesus. They didn't lose hope. They didn't lose track. They wanted to find him. Why don't we do that with him? He's so worth finding. Number four, the star. The star, the star that led the wise men to Jesus, which is so stinking cool. My dad and I, we actually watched this whole like documentary one time about the star of Bethlehem. If you haven't seen it, highly suggest it. It's a very good film. But the star teaches us is when you are following him, he is guiding the direction of every footstep. Every single footstep. I think we forget sometimes who's in charge of our plan, who's in charge of our life, and how every single footstep has been orchestrated by God. And so whenever we encounter something that's either a circumstance or a problem, God already knew about it before you even did. I've said in my last episode that seasons are called seasons for a reason they don't last forever. And that your next footstep is going to be out of that season. It is. When you are following him, he is guiding the direction of every single one of your footsteps. Every single one. There's a verse in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Lean not on your own understanding. Instead of thinking and crafting and calculating every single step of your life, I would just love to just like hold your hand and just say the best piece of advice is to live by faith. Live by him. Know that every single footstep is directed by him and he's just leading you to something that is completely beyond all of your imagination. A journey of a lifetime. We are doing this together. All of us are. So let us all join hands. Let's do it. Road trip, journey of a lifetime. Here we go. Number five, the angel, the angel. So we have to remember the angel shows up when he talks to Joseph. The angel shows up when he talks to Mary. The angels, like a multitude of angels, like like literally more angels than we could probably even count. They came whenever Jesus was born. The angel teaches us that God is a God of clarity a God of clarity. He shows us time and time and time again that this is where he sees you best fit. I think especially whenever an angel came up to Mary and was like, hey, like you're having the son of God. See ya. Like what in the world? I think that it was cool that there was confirmation. There was faith. There was communication with God. There was prayer. God was so on their side and there was no ounce of confusion. And listen, we're all human. It doesn't talk about it in scripture of her being nervous or worried, but whenever the angel left her, it wasn't this sudden breakdown into tears. She rejoiced. What an honor that it was to be even seen by God or favored by God to hold her, his son. 
God isn't a God of confusion. He's a God of clarity. And he will show you in any way to show you that this is exactly where he needs you to be. If you are confused, if you are wondering where you're supposed to be next, ask him. He's a God of clarity and he will give you your answer. Number six. No room in the end. Like I said before, if anyone ever told me, hey, sister, you can't have your baby here. We have no room. That's the last thing I want to hear if a baby is about to come out of me. Absolutely not. But I think this lesson, what the phrase, there's no room in the end, what that teaches us is don't let no let you lose hope. Don't let that word no let you lose hope. Mm -mm -mm. I think like, I don't know how many times Mary and Joseph knocked on those doors to ask if they could stay inside or whatever, but they didn't lose hope. They found a way because newsflash, like we said before, God knows every single step. He knows every single way because he's our ultimate provider. Just because you hear the word no, don't let that ever stop you from what God is calling you to do. Imagine if Mary just broke down and was like, I'm done. Like, we're just having the baby right here in the dirt. What? No, we are going to escape. Like, that's, I just think that Joseph and Mary were just like the dynamic duo. Like, they were just like, no, like, we are doing this. We're fighting area. And so I think we just need to have that urge. We need to have that confidence that God has every single step figured out. Let these no's just be like, okay, fine. It's just redirection. I don't know if Maddie Pruitt says it or somebody, but it's talking about how rejection is also redirection. And I'm like, wow, let that preach. Let, because honestly, when God gives you no, so much better is on the other side. Oh, that's good. That's good. Don't let your no ever let you lose hope. God knows exactly where he's taking you. Number seven, the shepherds. Mm, Y'all, this reminds me of a lot of our day and age and i'm pumped about this shepherds were the lowest on the food chain they were the literally like the bottom of the social ladder like you would not think if you had the biggest news of mankind to not tell like you wouldn't tell a shepherd but god knew the shepherd's heart and i think we need to start be doing this whenever we look at people that we follow Don't look at status, look at their heart. Just because someone has a following, just because they have the numbers, they have the catchy Instagram posts and all the captions and everyone's to be them, blah, blah, blah. What does their heart say? What is overflowing whenever they are talking to the world? If they're talking to somebody, what is overflowing? When the shepherds found out that Jesus was born, they left everything to go and look and find Jesus. If a king, like, I don't know, but like, I can't help but wonder if God told a king first that the king of kings has been born, what would he would have done? I feel like his heart would have been full of jealousy. God had intention and perfect, uh, just imperfect intention and detail in who he wanted to tell first the shepherds, because he knew their hearts. He knew how excited that they would be that his son was also born too, and that they would go and spread this news like wildfire. It's because of the shepherds we know that Jesus was born because they were the ones who told everyone about it. 
when you are following social media, I want you to start looking at their hearts, figure out what they're all about instead of just being distracted by the large numbers. Number eight, Joseph, our man Joseph. Okay, so Joseph was a carpenter, a carpenter who like, if you could think of anything, like back in the day, it was all wood, doors, boats, houses, all of it, wood. Like carpenters were the main men back then. They were strong, they were muscular, they were the top dogs. Like they just knew their stuff. And Joseph had a gift. He had a gift of being able to carve wood and make it look beautiful. And he was able to pass that gift down to his son, which was Jesus. Joseph teaches us that you never know how your gift will impact future generations. How cool is it is that Jesus was known not only as the son of God, but he was also known as a carpenter. Imagine the, like the conversations he had when people were wanting to buy something or they came up to him and were like, Hey, like, I really want this piece of wood. Like just like the sweet little conversations because they all just thought he was a carpenter. But because of his gift, he was able to meet people where they were at. He was able to interact with them in a way that only God can show his light through. You have a gift. And you don't know how your gift is going to be able to impact the future generations. Just like Joseph, how he passed down his gift to Jesus, you can also pass down your gift to your future children, maybe even your friends, your siblings, but have a gift that is worth passing down. Number nine, the family line of Jesus. If you have never read the family line of Jesus, I highly suggest it. I believe it's in Matthew 1, but it is so cool that we recognize some of the names within the family line of Jesus. And they're not just the mighty, all faith, all just like super cool like people we read about in the Old Testament, but it's even the prostitute. It's even the people that messed up. They're people that have sinned, made mistakes, like they were human. It was a little combo of all of it, but because that Jesus, or because God had such like just precision in wanting Jesus to be part of that family line, it fulfilled all the prophecies from the Old Testament. You see, they said that God said that there would be Emmanuel would come from the King of David family line. And because Jesus is in the family of David family line, it's because he was born of Joseph, who was also in the family line. Like God fulfilled his prophecies because that he had his word. He has his promises and he's still still promising and fulfilling promises every single day. And I think just by knowing the family line and seeing how God was able to intertwine, just like the people who maybe have messed up, the people of great faith, like God can, like, there's never a moment where he loses track. He uses every single one in ways that we can never understand. But at the very end of the story, it's like Jesus was born out of this beautiful, messed up family line, just like our family lines. I mean, no family is perfect. How cool is it is that Jesus was born from a human family line. So cool. And the last but not least, Jesus. You can't not just tell the Christmas story and not have a lesson about Jesus, y'all. Jesus is known as Emmanuel. And that word means God with us. I've heard this word so many times in my life, but it hit me in a way this season than it ever has before. 
I think I always thought of it as a God with us, just as, you know, the Holy Spirit. Like, He is with us, absolutely. But in this way, it was saying that God was with us physically. That Jesus was here on earth. Just like how He was then, He's still just as present as He is now. That name, Emmanuel, has not been lifted from the heavens and can't be used again because he's still with us now. I think that just goes to show, and it's a promise, that he's never, ever going to leave us or forsake us. There's so many promises fulfilled and just constant reminders that everything that God said, it came true. So why don't we ever just like sit on the fact that God really is with us, that God is with you? Whatever season of life you're at, wherever you're walking through, whatever you're surrounded by, whether it's troubles or the best season of your life, whatever the face may be, I mean, God is with you. You have the absolute pleasure to hang out with Jesus every single day. And I know that's like really cheesy to say, but like you get to hang out with him. You get to talk to him. You get to know him and learn about him every single day. And you get to know that Jesus could truly be the best friend that you've been praying for. This is real stuff, guys. Like this is not just a story that was told thousands and thousands of years ago. There's a reason why it's still being said today. It's a story that has changed our lives for the better. It's a story that's changed everything. It's a way we've looked at everything now and it's we see it completely different. Y'all, this Christmas, I want you to look, whenever you go to your Christmas Eve service, if you're just going to read your Bible, or if your grandparents are going to read the Christmas story, whatever the tradition you have, I want you to have a new perspective. Open eyes, open ears, but hear the story as if you've never heard it before. There's so much power in every single word. God completely breathes on his word. It's a story that never goes out of style and a story that will never fade. And we get to celebrate it every single year. Guys, I really hope that you enjoyed those 10 lessons that God teaches us within the Christmas story. By the time this podcast is out, I will have posted a new Instagram post that I'm kind of starting like a new series on um, my Instagram, which is kind of fun. But I basically talk about like lessons and little insights and wisdom and I kind of just put them in a cute post and then I share it and a lot of people like enjoy reading it so if you want to you can totally check that out now it should be out at this point but again thank you so much for hanging out with me today this was so fun just to talk about Christmas with you guys because this is my favorite time of the year but like we do on the Jason Joe podcast you know you know we are going to pray because uh If you haven't prayed for today, I'm going to be the one to pray over you now. So here we go. Heavenly Father, Jesus, Emmanuel, thank you so much for this story of yours. It's so cool that we can read this story and just see the power and the intentionality that you have with every single word that is written in your word, God. We are so excited to celebrate you again this year. And we're excited to actually have a new perspective whenever we read your story. This isn't just a story that was meant to be told thousands of years ago, but it's a story worth telling everyone and everywhere from now on. Jesus, we are so 
lucky that we get to hang out with you every single day. And so I just pray for this listener's heart that they are just wanting to just learn all about you. This life is so much more than what they see on TikTok or Instagram, God, but there's a life that you want them to live out individually, uniquely, and it's one of a kind. Let them trust you with every single step that you have with them. Let them feel your presence. Let them feel your peace. And God, give them clarity in where you're leading them. We're so lucky to be loved by you, God, and we love you so much. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. I love you. I hope you have the best day. If you haven't already, go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and hanging out with me today. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend, share it on your Instagram, share it everywhere. But again, I love being able to hang out with you. And so I will see you next time.